Maybe you should go and do some contemplating. Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hi, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is Rose Buddies. This podcast is about the Bachelorette, and boy, howdy, do we have a scandalous episode for you today. Ooh, this episode's scandalous. Somebody better call Olivia Pope? Is that the character's name? Yes, from Scandal- that's good. From Scandalous? I was going to say somebody better get some paper towels to sop up all this juice. Because it's, we'll get some bounty towels, because we have a bounty of scandal for you. The juice is delicious and so i've got a portmanteau to describe this one and combining the words scandalous and delicious and it's delandal (laughs) (laughs) perfect this ep is so it's juicy with scandal and i can't wait to just wring it out all over my hair and just lather in it for a while don't you think don't you feel the exact same way? You were telling me the same shit last night after the episode left, after the, the episode left our house. <laughs> it came into the house through the TV like a poltergeist, and then it left. And then we said, I want to wring it out all over my hair and lather in it. You said it. You were the first one to say it. I quoted you. Mm-hmm. So much fucking scandal. I feel like if we go along this path much longer, it's going to get a little blue. I think, yeah, I think, but there's probably people who interpreted it's, it, I was doing it like a fun, I guess maybe a little sexual, kind of like those Herbal Essences commercials that got me so horny as a kid. <laughs> well, Griffin, you can't help but be sexual. How did those commercials get in the air, though? Because those women were making orgasm noises. They, would, they, they were Those commercials were delandal, y'all. <laughs> um, seriously, last night's episode was pretty buck wild. And I think we should. Here's what I think. We watched it. You took a bunch of notes. I think we should talk about it. Okay. Can we talk about the fact that we also watched it with our, with our friends for we like the first time over, in a long guys. time? Yeah. Uh, because Henry wasn't like sleeping so good for a while. Like we've kind of just been watching by ourselves for a bit. Cause it's also, we take it very seriously. Like Rachel takes all these notes and we both feel like we want to be really dialed in. But this is the first night where we had like 10 friends over and, uh, had dinner all together and I had a bunch of drinks and I made a strawberry pie and it was. It was an excellent time. Thank you to, to all our buddies. To be fair, Henry did wake up in the first 30 minutes. <laughs> that is true. Which is... sent me into a small spiral. But yeah. then he slept the rest of the The night. rest of the time, and we got to enjoy this Delandal episode, y'all. Hit me. You ready? Let's go. Episode two. We start out. It's Rachel and Copper. This dog. Do you want to talk about what you're drinking? Uh, it's a New Belgium juicy watermelon, watermelon lime ale. Ooh, juicy. How appropriate. It's pretty dang good. Um, this fucking dog. First of all, I got the scoop from Rachel herself about what that cast is all about. Uh, on Twitter, guys. Not She didn't call us. Okay, come on, but you could uh, let me give, <laughs> give, give me my one Harriet the Spy moment, please. Okay. This dog broke its toe. I didn't even know doggies could do that. And I but hate did you see how? Jumping out of a car? Yeah, she very uh, kind of carefully said jumping off of something she said i think she said jumping out of a car broke its toe they probably went to i don't know some sort of dog park puppy was a pupper was so excited hopped right the fuck out hit a curb weird we've all been there mm-hmm. and where's this cast but it doesn't slow copper down copper copper is the fluffiest most beautiful pup i've ever seen and i just i treasure every moment i have with with, with this dog uh, we go from that to footage of 
the dudes all standing on the balcony of Bachelor Mansion yelling, Rachel, which they like to do. It's my favorite shit. Across all seasons and nations in which this show takes place, it, mm-hmm. there you can, well, you can count on, if it's Bachelorette, a group of 20 to 30 gentlemen all screaming, you know, Jasmine, all in the same sort of pitch. Mm-hmm. It's like how birds know to fly north for the winter. All dudes just know which pit. They don't fly north. No. Why would they fly north for the winter? They love the cold. They play in the snow with all their <laughs> uh, geese and stuff. Um, all dudes just know the pitch to all like communally yell a bachelorette's name. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. It's it's nature. It's like coded into our DNA and it stuff. It reminds me when I get home from work and, and you, you yell, Rachel. Yeah. And, and it's always, an, I think it's E flat. What is he fought again? Rachel. Obviously, it diminishes there at the end. So what happens after the first 15 seconds? What of, would like B-sharp be? B-sharp would be like, Rachel. <laughs> okay. I, I have no way to Unless tell. you wanted to transpose it down an octave, then it would be, Rachel. Okay. I that mean, would be weird, though. That would be like, a weird, why would I do that? I'm going to trust you on that. Uh, so... Dudes all go inside the house, and Chris, to kind of start off the day, delivers the date card. But first, he gives this speech that that is a little foreshadowing, because he's just like, isn't Rachel great? You know, you guys really like her. Yeah, we're, we're all having a really good time. You know, I just hope, you know, because she's so great. I just hope you guys are here for the right reasons. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. Okay. So then what happens later wink, is definitely wink, wink, a fucking wink. setup. Okay. Yeah. I completely fucking forgot about this. But no, now that you've reminded me, like, okay, it'll, it'll illuminates some mm-hmm. things that happen later on in the app. Yeah. Uh, so the first date card is a group date for Dean, Jack, Jonathan, um, Blake, Robbie, Iggy, Thomas, Kenny, Joseph, Fred, Joseph Lucas. Jr. It's just names, y'all, at this point. Lucas is on the gentleman, the Kabubo. Kabubo? Kabubo. So the guys all get together, they champagne toast, at which point Lucas does yell Kabubo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all the wine glasses break, and it's really funny. <laughs> it's really fucking funny. Like, I can't stop, like, I, I dropped the whole pie. And it was still hot, and it burned my lap terribly. But I couldn't help it, because I had to laugh at the man, and the funny word he keeps fucking screaming. <laughs> I dropped the whole pie. I burned myself bad. I'm suing. Did you know they this? Should put, they should put a warning up there, like, hey, Watch funny, out. funny man's about to say Countdown kabubo. Countdown to, to the boobo. <laughs> Don't hold a pie, Griffin. And I was holding a pie. Yeah. I'm suing ABC and Mike Fleiss. To get this warning on the air. So they could do like the blind dates. I want the blind dates. Oh God, how much trashier Kabubo would this fucking... comes up in five, five four. four. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the guys get to the date. Uh, it is outdoors. Rachel is grilling. And um, there was some question at our viewing party as to whether she was actually grilling. And I say, hey, maybe she was grilling. She was grilling. And there was hot, there's hot meat on a grill. Of course she was grilling. There was a lot, there was a wide variety of meat types on the grill, and they were awfully close to each other. And that's just my own thing. Like, I don't fuck with that. Like, I keep my shit yeah. pretty Griffin separate. Griffin has gotten salmonella from a grill. I've gotten salmonella a couple times. You I've don't fuck around. I've actually gotten food poisoning from a grill, too. Yeah. You put somebody on there who doesn't know what they're doing, it is dangerous. But Rachel looked very confident um, behind so. the grill. She looked like she wouldn't give me Uncle Sal. 
That's what I called it. We were deeply closely acquainted for two weeks. Was it really two weeks? Babe, it was the worst fuck. You were with me during that time. I was there for it. Yeah, you were real sick. Yeah, I had that hospital diarrhea. (laughs) What? What? (laughs) What? (laughs) They had to put a bag in my arm because my butt just won't quit (laughs) pooping. Now your butt won't quit, but in a different way. No, usually it's it never quits. Do it. It's very um, it's very <laughs> determined. It's juicy butt, guys. Yeah, uh, especially during that two week period. Oh, God. Uh, the guys uh, joined Rachel in drinking Moscow Mules, and we knew that they were drinking those because they had those little copper mugs. We got to get some of those. It's my favorite cocktail ever. Mm-hmm. It's delicious. Uh, they throw the football around, which I started thinking it was Memorial Day. I wonder if this was just a big old American-themed episode in honor of the holiday. Yeah. Uh, Lucas begins on a path, this date, during this moment, of just being too much. Just just too loud. Oh, sorry. This is when he starts being too much? <laughs> well, before it was all centered around his catchphrase. But then it becomes clear that no matter the activity, Lucas will be too much. I think Lucas is surprised, as the rest of us, that Lucas is still on the show day two. <laughs> yeah, right. This is not a joke. There are times when he... My favorite shit now, um, because it is uh, such a like kind of cosmic comeuppance, is the moments where he has to have a serious sit-down conversation with, with, uh, with Rachel and like, hey, what's your game like in this department, dude? What's your serious talk game like? Is, is it still like, you know, everybody's still got some waboom in them? Because I think she's probably done with that. You got anything else in the tank? Doesn't seem like you got anything left in the tank, pal. Well, it's it's like setting measured expectations, right? If he is a complete jackass 85% of the time, yeah, his ability to hold a regular conversation seems even more impressive. So I think he's kind of playing up crazy Lucas so that when he's actually able to string a coherent sentence together. Hasn't happened yet. She thinks, huh. Well, it does happen later on this day. I guess it does. Uh, so there's a competition, of course. The competition is called Husband Material. And it looks to be some kind of typical Bachelor Relay. But what makes this different is we have two celebrity guests. Famous couple. Ashton Kutcher, Mila Kunis. Okay, this was a this was a big pull, right? This was a big this for was, the franchise to like. Yeah, get them? it seems yeah. like. Um, well, they say they contacted. They the say franchise. they contact the franchise because they're such big fans. They want to yeah. make sure that Rachel's. I mean, this happens twice in this episode. I love yeah. Rachel so much, and I want to make sure that she is taken care of. So I did this appearance on the most popular television show right now gratis just because i'm looking out for rachel ashton kutcher is wearing a novelty t-shirt that says trophy husband yeah i mean they're they're having fun they're having fun Mm -hmm. they're having fun they're having fun give me a dax and a a Kristen bell though oh that'd be so good that'd be good shit yeah i guess i just couldn't get especially excited about this celebrity couple because i don't know a lot about them don't know a lot they're a bit more reclusive huh Mm -hmm. which is strange because then they came on this show Said, hey, yeah, we are we are your favorite favorite celebrity couple, clearly. Also, the shine kind of came off the Ashton apple during those racist ass pop chips commercials. I think it was pop chips. Oh, I forgot. It was pop song. Yeah, I'll never forget. Those were rough stuff. I remember seeing on those on the TV and I'm thinking like 
What? Yeah. No. You you can't you can't do that. Uh, so Ashton and Mila talk about how much they love the show, how uh, Mila drinks white wine, and Ashton has a vodka tonic, and they just sit and watch the show together. Uh, and they're they're real excited about the opportunity to be on. Okay. Um. Then we go back to the house briefly, and we get this nice moment where our friend AJ appears again. <laughs> okay. I, I think I know what they're going to be doing with AJ for the rest of the season, and I am here for it. AJ in this scene is in the pool, just floating. Just floating. AJ is, of course, the wonderful, I think, boy that a witch turned into a doll. That's where I'm at with AJ now. It turned it turned him into a doll for my own sort of amusement and enjoyment on this television show, The Bachelorette. Um. There was some real concern at our viewing party that this was how we were going to find out that AJ was no longer with us because he was floating in the pool, lifeless, and we thought, oh, is this how... Well, well, more lifeless. <laughs> is this how Bachelorette is telling us that AJ is is no longer with us? But don't worry, he comes back later He's in great. the uh, And then we get a little teaser that Lee is kind of trouble. There's a scene where Lee is talking to somebody else in the house, and he's just he's just dropping a lot of curse bombs, and so it's difficult to hear what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a suggestion that Lee takes it too far sometimes. Yeah, he. It, so during the season preview, it is teased that um, though he didn't really make much of a splash in the first episode, he is going to be sort of the big the big villain. I mm-hmm. think of the of the season. My guess is that after Lucas leaves, and I'm assuming he will. Yeah, Lee will surface. Well, yeah, the show. Focus. This show's going to need another monkey bar to swing to, and like mm-hmm. this is this this is obviously what they're going to be grabbing on to. Yeah. Uh, he was the uh, he had like a guitar when he came in. Yeah, I don't know if we talked much he's about him. Like a self proclaimed Southern gentleman. All right, yeah, cool. Yeah, those usually break good. So <laughs> awesome. Okay, back to the relay. So. In order to prove their husband material, the men have to change a baby diaper. They have to put the baby in a baby Bjorn. They have to then vacuum up a long carpet to a clogged sink, at which point they do dishes and set a table. And then grab and like then a bouquet. And then go to the flower yeah, shop. Yeah, and run it. So, um, all of this uh, obviously is extremely normative. Um, at the same time, God, I love a good obstacle course. Fuck, I love a good like relay obstacle course. I mean, why are the dudes doing it anyway? Because it's just women's work, right? It's just just like the things that women are supposed to be doing. Sure. With the vacuum, <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. Rachel is doing this. She is transformed right now. I don't know who this character is. This is my sincere voice. Yeah, this is the rest of the time you're insincere. This is the only real thing you've ever said on this podcast, and it's horrible. You know how? So Griffin also does this. Whenever Griffin is playing a contemptible person, he mm. does a different voice just to make sure that I know that it's. But not is him. that really me? Because that's what you're making it sound like. You are this person who, frankly, kind of stinks. <laughs> uh, okay, so the men compete. Um, I think some of the men take it seriously, as if they have to do a good job at each of these challenges. Yeah, there were shades of the relay that happened, I think, I think last season, or oh, it was during Ben's season, 
I can't remember whose season it was during, but where they had to do like a uh, like a track meet run and grab an engagement ring and like all of the that women. That was Nick's season. That was Nick's season. Because Rachel I, competed. In oh that. yeah, and there was like a tie, and then one of them like dropped the ring, and a woman went to like reach and grab it, and some other woman stomped on it and shattered like shards of broken plastic all over the place. I was worried we were about to see like a horrible injury. God, I love a good obstacle course. Me too. Um, so what happens is. What who ultimately wins is the person that finishes at first. It really doesn't matter that you care for the infant that is strapped to you. Uh, and Lucas proves that by just just, just obliterating drowning this this baby doll, obliterating this baby. And then when it gets to the flower shop scene, it is him and one other man, Kenny, Kenny, and he puts his arm out and clotheslines Kenny by hitting him in the throat. Yeah, to he, win the race. He stiff arms him pretty good there. Um, and like Kenny's trajectory changes a good 15 to 20 degrees as he's running towards these flowers. And apparently that's cool. Later on, Rachel brings it up like, Hey, so you definitely stiff armed Kenny back there, huh? Wow. You must be willing to do anything for the, what matters. Yeah. It's like, Ew, guys, this was a fun obstacle course on the show, The Bachelorette, and some dude kind of stiff armed another dude. Maybe we shouldn't be, like, rewarding that behavior necessarily. To be fair, though, Lucas doesn't get any kind of big, exciting reward. Yeah, part of me wondered if that was maybe on the table, but then when fucking Caboobles won, Rachel was like, (laughs) maybe you just get this cool medallion. So after Lucas wins, he has one more task that he takes upon himself. Oh, Jesus, this was so sad. He's standing in kind of the winner's circle with Rachel and Mila and Ashton. And all of a sudden we come into this conversation where Mila is explaining to Ashton why Lucas wants him to say waboom. Yeah, Lucas is like, can you get can you do me one thing? Give me a waboom. And Ashton's like, what it yeah. what is what and is Ashton's that? like, hey, what well, I don't even understand what that is. Why would I say it? And and why is it so important? And Mila's like, well, it's just his thing. He just wants you to say it, so so to say it. Like, it's just his thing. Ashton's probably worried that it's secretly some really, really <laughs> racist thing, and he's, like, really cautious about that shit these days. And so then Lucas demonstrates Kabooble, and after he does, the expression on Ashton's face... I felt a kinship with him that I have not felt since <laughs> those fateful commercials. I was telling because- Griffin, Ashton is maybe the most infamous bro to ever bro. And the fact that he can't he get on board super not on- with this broy bro says a lot to me. The first time I saw Lucas's like true delivery of bazoobles, it, my reaction was exactly Ashton's, which was like, okay, okay. Yeah. This is, this, this is what you're working with? Ooh. From what I can tell, Ashton never says Zubili Zoo. No. But <laughs> he never says Zubuma food. Definitely not. No. It was a tense moment. It was very tense for all of us. Um, and then we cut to Blake, who okay. understands his role on the show, which is to complain that Lucas won and that he is awful. Blake, of course, is uh, Lucas's former co-star on t- the TV show Exile. And remember, they brought this real drama with them into this season of television. Excellent. Uh, so now we're at the night portion of the date. They go to this uh, bar that has like arcade games and like kind of unique decor. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dudes are all excited to be there. 
Um, and then this is where Rachel says, okay, well, Lucas, you won. So I guess we'll have our first. She did not sound quite that dejected, but (laughs) a little bit. Yeah. It's kind of like, let's get this over with. (laughs) You're the winner. Uh, and so that's where she calls him out right away. Like you really like you hit Kenny with your hand and arm. Uh, and, and Lucas is just like, well, yeah, but who was I doing it for? Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, and then he reads a poem. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I didn't really pay attention to the poem. No, it wasn't very good. I remember he did a rhyme where he said a word wrong. Where it was like. Oh, yeah. It was like amicable, but he said like amicable or something something weird like that to make it fit. It was like a slant rhyme, but for said by a delivered by a dumb person. And uh, he gets a kiss at the end of the poem. Very sweet. Very romantic. God, I can't wait for this dude and Blake to both go home at the same time. Yeah, while Lucas is with Rachel, Blake is trying to kind of rally the men behind him and says, you know, hey, I know Lucas. Lucas just wants to be on TV. He Uh, references that they have, like, prior experience together, but definitely doesn't say we were on the hit We TV reality show, uh, X Isle, where we were also uh, each other's foils. Yeah, when he says something about living with Lucas's ex. Yeah, that's his roommate. Yeah. I don't know. It was all very complicated. And all, also, I just don't give a shit is the other thing. Like, Me I just neither. don't fucking care about any of this. I had this reaction. I think there's something about me, and this is probably not unique to me, but when somebody is trying their hardest to be funny and doing it in kind of an arrogant way, like, you're really going to love this, I don't want to pay any attention I to know. that. Like, I, I like part of me recoils and thinks, no, you don't get that. From Here's me. a really timely, hot and like relatable reference. You remember in the OC when Summer and Seth break up and she starts dating that dude who like quotes Jim Carrey movies all the time and just has a very big comedy. And both him and uh, Seth and Sandy are both like, it's just so loud and so, so noisy, too big. His comedy's too big. <laughs> so I feel like about Lucas, like, who who taught this? How is this how you learned how to do this? Because it stinks, my man. Yeah, no, it's... I just find myself not paying any attention to him when he's on screen. I mean, my bigger thing is not that, like, he's annoying. My bigger thing is the, the thing with him and Blake being brought on this show to have this... It's really pointless and fabricated drama from the start in case the rest of the shit that this show is doing this season wasn't enough for everybody. Like, that's how I'm, that's how I'm reading it. And maybe I'm reading it in like the most crass way imaginable, but that's kind of how I, um, that's kind of how I think of the people who make this show, which is just like, ooh, what if, what if people aren't immediately hooked by like having the most diverse cast this series has ever seen and the first black lead that this show's ever had? Just to be safe, let's put these two dumb shits in here to have a fight on episode one, and that'll be just our guaranteed, like, blue chip stock. Like, it's fucking stinks. Well, what's interesting is it's, like, it's it's not taking with us, and clearly it's not taking with the dudes in the house either, because you keep seeing these moments where the dudes have conflict in front of the other guys, and it's not like the other guys are taking sides. They're just kind of observing. It's also not taking with, like, the show, because they get fucking one minute of screen time during the entire two hour episode which is i guess good that they aren't like they aren't just like flooding the show with this shit but there was also a bigger thing this app there was a bigger thing this app but i I also think like 
the people who make this show know like, oh, this is stupid. Uh, I guess we'll put some of this in. But like you remember when Corn and Taylor's fight flared up, like that was an hour of television just dedicated to that and people's reactions to that. And we aren't getting any of that for this completely like low stakes bullshit. Um, the other thing that happens on this date, uh, Rachel spends some time with Fred and kind of reiterates, hey, I can't separate you from the kid at summer camp that was bad. Uh, and Fred's like, hey, you know, it's it was a different time, you know, and I just I want to say that you have really matured a lot since then. And she's like, oh, I have matured. I'm the one that needed to mature, <laughs> uh, which was a funny moment. Uh, but it just it seems like it's not going to happen between those two. It doesn't seem like it's going to happen between her and kind of anybody on this date. In yeah. fact, she kind of remarks while there's like she this. Talks about that, there's yeah. a super cut of like all these dudes coming up and being like, so, uh, Get a lot of tornadoes down in Dallas, or and and she's just like giving this speech to the camera and the behind the scenes. Like none of these interviews are really great. Like none of these conversations are are really bringing us any closer together. And I'm kind of like waiting for something to happen at all on this date with any of these guys. And it just doesn't really seem to go anywhere with no. pretty much all of them. No, I, she does have a kind of a spark with one guy, but before that happens, Blake decides he's going to tell Rachel that Lucas is not there for the right reasons. Cool. And he gives weird evidence. He talks about how he lives with Lucas's ex as, as the roommate and that he knows that Lucas just wants to be on television. And then he says Lucas came with his own makeup, uh, which I just thought was like a weird citation to give. Like, let me tell you why he's here for the wrong reasons. Dude brought makeup. Like, yeah, okay. that's a that's a shitty. I mean, all the dudes are getting makeup all the time. Yeah, from the show, I guess. I'm assuming that's a weird. That's a, a weird. I've citation. got it. I've got the one piece of evidence that's gonna. He knows that she's a lawyer and loves evidence, and this is a <laughs> this is <laughs> Exhibit B, foundation. Um, yeah, it's dumb. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. I don't know who annoys me more. I swear to God, one of them is screaming his own shitty catchphrase every 30 seconds to anybody who will listen. I'm almost more annoyed by the dude who's like, my entire role on this show is going to be the doomed dragon slayer, which is like every fucking season there has to be a yeah. doomed dragon slayer. And it always bums me out because it's like, be a person. Yeah. You probably came on the show like, I'm going to be a person. I'm going to talk about peepees and how mine rules. <laughs> oh, no, I got stuck just like sort of attacking this one dude until both of us inevitably go home. Ah, shucks. Well, and then he decides uh, he's going to do the honorable thing and come back to the group and tell Lucas that he has exposed him to Rachel. Uh, at which point, Lucas exclaims as a 80s movie villain, villain uh why are you attacking me yeah the way he said it was like i don't know there was something about his intonation and all of it was fake all yeah. of it was fake like all of all of the things he were he was saying were so like insincere and i uh, i i don't even want, i don't want to talk about this anymore okay. this thing's this 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 drama is the dumbest fucking thing Fine ever and i can't believe <laughs> That they that they did this. Both guys aren't going to make it. No, they're not going to fucking make it. They'll yeah. be gone by episode three. Yeah, she's not going to have some heart to heart with Blake and be like, you know, I think he's more than the guy who hates the good Bazinga guy. No, that's pretty much all he is is the guy who hates the Bazinga guy, and that's going to be his fucking character development until you send him back to whence he came. Blake, thank you for talking to me about supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. <laughs> I feel closer to you now than ever. I'm going to keep you. Let's get married. 
It's not going to happen. Not going to happen. So the night. Cool hog, though. I, I'll credit where credit's due. <laughs> cool Jim Jam down there. <laughs> Thanks for showing it to Thanks me. Thanks for showing it to me. And thank you for all the good intel about Nanu Nanu over there. But <laughs> uh, So she does have a spark with Dean. Okay. Uh, Dean is the only man that kind of approaches her in the evening and they have a real easy, relaxed conversation. Uh, she finds him really handsome and confident. Um, Dean's, but Dean was Dean the, is the guy. Once you go black, you never go back, dude. Which and they if you, talk about it again, they talk about it once more. So, like, I was so torn because I was like, if this dude hadn't fucking said this thing, I might be like, I might not know better and I would be team dean just based on like how he's been on the season but at the same time every fucking conversation they've had this season is like a three yeah. conversations in two episodes is about this completely awful thing he said on live television she's giving him a lot of credit because she's like you know i know that you must have gone into that thinking some people are gonna like it and some people aren't but the fact that you did it anyway shows to me how confident you are i'm like rachel you're giving him a lot of credit here's the thing i think dean's actually gonna go pretty far this season like they do seem to have like a connection and i also think that the reason they keep talking about it is because this show has to establish a lot of characters very, very, very quickly. And the way they do that, like you've noticed in all the conversations we've had about all the conversations they had in episode two were about shit that they did in episode one. Like, oh, I still see you as summer camp kid. And oh, Bazinga and I are going to keep having this fight. Kenny talks about his daughter again. Kenny talks about his daughter. Like, it's the same conversations they had in episode one because they really need to drill down like who these people are. And like, weirdly enough, Dean, who I think, again, is going to do pretty well, his character is this dude who said this whack shit when he introduced himself to the to the franchise and it's following. Yeah. Okay, I don't know what you're going to do with that, but I I I'm not going to I'm not really down with with Dean, I don't think. Yeah, I I just have to assume at this point it's an attraction and she's given him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Uh which is more than we have to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so the group date Rose goes to Dean. Mhm. And from what I can tell, that just means that he gets to walk her out to her car. Because uh, that's all we see that happens. After he gets the rose, he walks her to the car, and they hug and kiss. Yeah. Uh, and it seems like there's there's some chemistry there. Uh, let's go to the solo date. Or is there other stuff? No, the solo date is with Peter. Okay. I love Peter. Peter, at our group viewing... It was funny to listen to people as we watched the show. It, it went from like, who is, I don't, who the fuck is Peter? Why does he get the first group date or the first solo date to like by the end of his segment? Like, I want to fuck Peter's brains out. <laughs> <laughs> like it started like as kind of a ripple. Like, you know, he's a pretty good looking guy. To like, like literally somebody said, he's the most handsome man who's ever been on this show. <laughs> These are all actual things. And I don't know what, ha- I don't know what this group think like. He went mimetic in in our group of, like, 10 viewers from, like, oh, I don't know who this dude is, but he seems pretty charming, to, like, I will find and marry him. <laughs> I will make him my groom. Like, Peter should be the next Bachelor. I'm not satisfied on any television that doesn't include Peter at all times. It was intense. It was intense. Like, by the end, we were organizing a change.org petition <laughs> to, like, make him the, the, the new Chancellor of America or something. Um, but at the same time, like, I do get it. Like, he kicks ass. He's great. He seems good. And their connection mm-hmm. seems like maybe the fastest a connection has gotten this strong ever on this show. 
Um, and it's it's just buck wild to me because episode one, I was like, this dude's gone. Episode two, I don't know anything about him because he didn't get he didn't get any screen. Do you have any notes about Peter? What did you write? I was just looking to see if I have anything about Peter because um, you took notes on all the dudes as they exited the limo. Peter is also from Wisconsin, Madison. Yeah, he's a business owner. Okay. And when he came out of the limo and introduced himself later, Rachel said he was cute. All right. That's about all we got. Okay. Um, yeah, he's great. So their date. I forget date. what they did. I was so just so enamored. They, they get in a car and drive to a tarmac, uh, and they find out they are getting in a plane and going to Palm Springs. And Rachel says, just so you know, I know this is a one-on-one date and you were expecting to be just me, but one of my best friends is coming. And a car drives up, opens, and Copper runs out. Oh, Copper. Oh, Copper. Copper is a good doggy. He or she, I don't know. Copper only has three legs working because it's got the cast on the fourth one, but it still runs so good. <laughs> um, What do you think it feels like to pet Copper? Oh, my gosh. You know those, like, dusters? That are kind of mm-hmm. fuzzy. They're almost like the stuffing of a pillow. Yeah. Oh, down soft copper. Mm-hmm. Good, good, good dog. Good dog. Um, before we talk about what their date was, uh, because this is I this has never happened on any of the things I've ever done in almost eight years of podcasting. Uh, the sponsor of this date is also the sponsor of this episode of Rose Buddies. Is that a conflict of interest? Absolutely, it is. <laughs> hey, Griffin. Yeah, babe. Can I steal you away? Wild Wild West. Jim West. Desperada. Uh? Wow. Yeah, I cut in the, in the middle with Wild Wild West. Our One of our sponsors what this is, week. What is Girl Talk doing in here? Yeah, get out of here, Girl Talk. This is, this is a two-hander. You know what I would have done? Huh? A woof, 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 oh, woof, 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 Our sponsor of this episode of Rose Buddies and this date is both BarkBox. Bark, BarkBox is, they send a monthly package of four to six natural treats and super fun toys curated around a surprise theme. Whether it's a friend or family member who wants a monthly surprise for their beloved pup, BarkBox is the perfect gift. So we got, we did not know that this was going to happen, by the way, that they were going we to be didn't. on the television show. And so like we were watching, we we're like, huh, that name's familiar. Oh, shit. Uh, they did send us a bark box. We do not have a pup, um, but, but our friends Chris and Steffi, our friends do. Chris and Steffi down the street do, and they have a very cute dog. And the dog's name is Pasta Bowl, which is the best name for a dog. They, when we ordered the box, they asked questions about Pasta Bowl, namely like the size and breed of the dog, and then they sent appropriate toys and treats for a dog of Pasta Bowl size. Uh, they pick the best all-natural treats made in the USA or Canada and innovative toys to match a dog's unique needs, including allergies and heavy chewer preferences. If your dog doesn't like something in the box, BarkBox will send you something they'll love for free. Right now, you can get a free extra month of BarkBox when you sign up for a 6- or 12-month plan if you visit BarkBox.com slash RoseBuddies uh, and use that link to subscribe. Possible got uh, a little chewy pretzel. Oh, yeah. And then a little chewy newspaper. Uh, and then some nice treats and some other toys, and they were all very cute. They were all really cute. So that's BarkBox. We're going to talk more about them, I guess, in a second. We have another sponsor this week, though, and it's MeUndies. And I'm also very excited about this one because I, I'm, I, I've 
I'm lucky enough to say I've replaced my entire underwear collection with me undies now. I still have some uh some boxers I guess I wear when I feel like I don't deserve it. <laughs> um but Rachel just got a very special package in the mail today with some me undies in it also that it's very exciting. Yeah, the prints match uh some of Griffin's underwear, so that'll be fun for us. I don't know what we're going to do with that necessarily. And we're not going to like wear the, we're not just going to wear underpants out of the house probably. Do you not usually wear underpants out of the house? I mean, I do, but not just nobody's ever going to know we're matching. I don't think I can't under I, I don't know a circumstance where people are like, "Are you and Rachel wearing the same underwear today?" But we'll know. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> I guess so. Um anyway, uh here this is the opener they provide i've talked about rose buddies so much i don't know i need the provided opener pride starts on the inside so celebrate yourself with me undies that's some fucking tom haverford shit that i am totally into yeah, treat yourself to some me undies uh me undies believes in feeling good and being themselves uh, they send you the, those those micromodal underpants. It's a fabric three times softer than cotton. They're soft and stretchy, and they feel so good. MeUndies is putting their money where their underwear is during Pride Month. Uh, for every pair of special edition Celebrate Undies you buy during Pride, MeUndies will donate $1 to the Los Angeles LGBT Center. Uh, and as if you need another reason to try MeUndies, they're offering 20% off your first pair and a satisfaction guarantee that you'll love them or your money back. Just visit our URL, URL meundies.com slash rosebuddies head there get you some some underwear get those special edition celebrate undies and you're gonna get a good price and you'll be donating to an amazing cause uh one more time it's meundies.com slash rosebuddies how often can you buy underwear and have money go to charity it's a great it's a great thing okay we have a jumbotron this message is for emmy it's from yo-yo the message is hey babe what happened on the bachelor this week um, all right, and that's it. Oh, wait, hold on. It looks like this message was cut off. Please find the entire message below. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. That was, that's the message, and it was very good. And it was very to the point. <laughs> I mean, pay attention. Like we told you, I guess if you've listened so far, you know half of what happened. We got a, we got a later update. Okay, okay, okay. From Max Fun. All right. Uh, the, the message continues and says, I am excited about our impending nuptials. Okay. I, I hope that our life continues to be full of goofs, The Bachelor, and bad jokes. You may start too many small kitchen fires, but I've been smoking for 40 years and can't even tell the difference. <laughs> I love you for exactly who the you are. The greatest love of all. Babe, you can't, you can't interrupt. I'm, I'm not sorry, done. Sorry, sorry. I love you for exactly who you are. Gross. <laughs> I thought you would keep going as I sang the greatest love of all. Everybody just wants somebody who can't smell the horrible stinks they make. <laughs> um, that's a very good love. Thank you for writing in. Here's another Jumbotron message. This one is for Colleen, and it's from Chris, who says, I love you lots, and I wanted to get you something unexpected for Valentine's Day. I guess this is unexpected for Valentine's. Uh, a very unexpected Valentine's Day gift on May 31st. Uh, I know neither of us watches The Bachelor, but we both love Griffin's voice. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so that makes this worth it. I love everything we've, I love everywhere we've been, and I look forward to where we're going. You're the greatest, and I love you to pieces, even if you do pick the creepiest starter Pokemon. That's a sweet <laughs> message from Chris for Colleen. Babe, what's your favorite starter Pokemon? Here we go. Favorite starter. Gym one through, I think they're on seven Charizard. now. Charizard. Charizard is the evolved form of Charmander, who is a Gen one starter. I'll allow it. <laughs> Who's your favorite? 
Um, I mean, the first, you always love your first, Squirtle. Squirtle? Yeah. I loved, um, oh shit. Who hey, is Rowlet the owl? He had a fun hat. Griff, have you, I'm sure you've thought about this. I'm going to ask this question. You're going to know the answer right away. If I were a Pokemon. Ooh, yeah. Which Pokemon would I be? Man. I'm going to say my answer to that one, babe, <laughs> is Mewtwo. Because. The cat one? Well, he's sort of a psychic, like Frankenstein cat, but he's the most powerful, or at least he was back in the day. Now there's like Pokemon that like shift dimensions around themselves or whatever, but Mewtwo is very powerful, very, very powerful, like you, and hyper intelligent, like you, and he could talk English, which was really fucked up. (laughs) All the other Pokemon were like, all the other Pokemon were like, Lapras. You know, and they just like said their own names. Mewtwo could fucking talk English or Japanese, I guess, if you lived in Japan. And so that's why, babe, I think you're like Mewtwo. Thank you. I think. Because you're big and powerful. You're hyper intelligent. Thank you. And you can speak languages. All true. What's Ben Affleck and or Drake up to? What show should I be watching right now? Should The Rock run for president? How about Oprah? What's a great French film about lady cannibals? Who's stronger, Luke Cage or Iron Fist? For answers to these questions and so much more, come on over to Pop Rocket, a pop culture roundtable discussion that always has a fun, diverse panel talking about the stuff we love. Catch us every Wednesday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you decide to get your podcast. I'm not going to judge. You want to get back to the date? Yes. Okay, so as Griffin suggested, this is a uh, dog-focused date Brought to you by BarkBox. And the date is taking place at something called BarkFest, which appears to be some kind of resort for dogs and people. Uh, There are dogs in shirts uh, that appear to be kind of Hawaiian shirts in nature. There's a pool. There's an obstacle course. Uh, there's a bunch of inflatables and lounge areas. Made me wish I was a dang dog. <laughs> Thanks, Barkbox. <laughs> um, and Rachel and Peter seem to have a really good time. There's some dancing with the dogs. There's a lot of just sort of lounging and watching copper, which I think is probably what I'd be doing in any sort of copper adjacent scenario. Uh, yeah, they just kind of watch Copper together, which who wouldn't want to do? Mm. And I guess Copper has some kind of protection on his cast because he is able to jump in the water. And he does. And he does. And she says he normally doesn't like water. So clearly he was just, he was in the spirit. Uh, and the only thing that really comes up on this portion of the date is Rachel says that she would be willing to move if she were to fall in love. Yeah. Um, and he says the same thing. He says he actually would he would be down to move away from from Madison. Yeah. Uh, and then it is dinner time. Mm. And dinner time also involves copper. Yeah. <laughs> he just hangs out while they eat dinner. Uh, and this dinner date. So good. Between Peter and Rachel is maybe the best one on one dinner date we have ever seen in the franchise. Let's see. They started out talking. She asks him about. Uh, the, he has a gap between his two front teeth, which Rachel also has. And they have this like 
exceedingly charming discussion about it. Um, yeah, they were both kind of notified by their uh, dentists that it was an option to have it closed, but that neither of them needed to do it for any specific reasons. And Peter talks about how it's kind of a family trait, which I will say also in my family, my grandma has yeah, a gap so. between her teeth and so do I. So I found it really kind of charming. Yeah, that came up because Rachel was saying like, if we have a kid, this kid <laughs> is going to have a gap between their teeth. Like, yeah, it's apparently it's a very common trait in Peter's family. And Rachel said she's the only one that has, yeah. she's the only one. I think maybe she has somebody younger than her and her family that has one. But they say like, I was a kid and I was like, I don't want to fucking fix it. Like it adds character and it's mm-hmm. cool. Um, and so like, that was very, again, like a very, very real, like, I remember uh, that's, I think that's when, and before this date even got much realer, I turned to you and I was like, this is the most real ass conversation that's ever, 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 ever happened on a date, especially a first solo date, which is just usually like, ha ha ha, I don't know you. I'm looking for a partner. So many yeah. truth is so, trust is, trusts and family is important to me in such a major way this wasn't that it was like it was it was really really real uh and so after this conversation rachel says i always get asked this question and it's super annoying but i'm gonna ask you uh you're so great how are you still single uh and this is where peter kind of tells the story that starts out pretty typical he kind of starts out saying, oh, well, you know, I've been hurt before. I was in this long-term relationship and it ended badly. Um, but I had a lot of trouble getting past it. So I ended up seeing a relationship therapist and I found it to be really helpful. And Rachel immediately jumps on board and says, oh, my God, I also went to a relationship therapist and it was the best decision that I made that entire year. Yeah, she says, you're, sc- you're scaring me because I did the exact same thing. Like, I felt, like, undervalued because of this bad relationship. And so I started seeing a therapist, which, like, this has, n- this has never happened on this show. And probably is extremely, extremely rare across the entire sort of reality TV show spectrum of people talking about, um, going to, going to therapy, um, in a way that was like completely uh like stigma and baggage free like yeah. it it was an incredibly i i never thought i would see a conversation like this happen on the show because first of all it it requires like it does require some level of vulnerability that we just don't get like that is just not the caliber of conversations that take place on this show um but also because like there there is a stigma about going on television and talking about this stuff and so it was like it was fucking incredible to see that happen on the show. And that was actually one of the first uh, articles that we pulled to talk about. Um, There were, there were a lot of places that wrote about this because like, and for good reason, like it was largely unprecedented. And the reaction in the room that we watched it was like, holy shit, this is amazing. And a lot of the response that we saw on Twitter uh, had sort of the same thing, but this was an, uh, a bustle article by Victoria McNally. Peter and Rachel praised therapy on the bachelorette and a huge move for destigmatizing mental health issues. Uh, and this is just a couple of excerpts, but more than anything else, the most heartwarming revelation on the bachelorette was that Rachel and Peter have both gone to therapy in the past and their open candid conversation on TV about their experiences was an important step in normalizing mental health. 
According to the Anxiety and Depression Association of America, anxiety order, disorders affect uh, about 40 million adults in the United States, and only uh, a third of those suffering have actually sought treatment for their symptoms. It becomes even more difficult to talk about therapy across different racial divides, as uh, ATTN, I guess attention, um, notes, black people, and especially black women like Rachel, are less likely to seek out mental health support, as many within African-American communities uh, still do not trust those in the medical profession after decades of abuse and marginalization. Um, and then later in the article says, as the first black bachelorette, Rachel has already broken boundaries simply by starring in this show. And now she's used her platform on a show that's seen by at least 5 million viewers, uh, at least according to Variety, to demonstrate that even the most successful, beautiful, put together people can benefit from better mental, mental health support. That's a beautiful thing. And hopefully the bachelorette will continue to support this kind of open and honest communication in future episodes. Like, yeah, I, I, I mean, whether or not it will continue to be a facet on this show, I think depends on like uh, two people on the show having the same sort of suspension of uh, doubt and, and trepidation about like talking about this stuff on this show where it is not really discussed. And, and that's, I think why this kind of came out of, came out of nowhere. But for me, it was like, I was, I was beaming after this. Like, this was, this was fucking incredible. I mean, not only was it incredible to kind of normalize this very real thing that a lot of people are doing to get help for, for issues that they need help with, but it also addresses kind of this, this frustrating component that I find a lot on the show, which is a lot of contestants come on and they say things like, Oh, I'm just bad at relationships or like, Oh, I just, you know, have a lot of issues, you know, or I have a hard time opening up or, you know, I'm just closed off. And people always kind of deliver those conceits as if that's just who I am and there's nothing I can do about it. And it was just kind of exciting to see two people who haven't yet found who they wanted to find and are, are kind of trying to sincerely work on themselves and identify ways that they can be better partners. Like I was just, I was excited to see two proactive, like good people talking about ways that they've tried to feel better. I don't like, you've watched the show a little bit more than I have, like you started before I did. Mm-hmm. I, I've never seen a date on this show where people have revealed so much about themselves in such a uh, open and honest way where it was you know also what? received by the other person. Usually it's one sided. If you think about it, usually the way it works, the contestant will come on and they'll tell some story and the bachelor or bachelorette will be like, I'm really glad you shared that with me. And that makes it feel like bullshit. Like that makes yeah. it feel like every other conversation that ever happens where people are like saving these like, um, you know, tough things about their past to like leverage as chips or whatever. Like that's a really, really crass way of reading it, but it is how I read it because it's definitely what a lot of the folks on this show do. This was just two people like sharing some shit about themselves that they were not like afraid to share. And like, not only have I never seen a conversation like this, like before I met you when I was dating, I don't think I, I don't think I ever had a non-televised date where I ever like, had s- such a like real conversation where I was like, you know what, I'm going to tell you a bunch of stuff and let's see, yeah. uh, let's see how this goes. Yeah, no, it definitely made Peter and Rachel seem like, like a real, like a real, couple. a real couple instantly yeah. date the first solo date on the show. Like, I don't want to boil this down to like, wow, what a wild thing to happen on this solo date on Bachelor and like gamify it. Uh, although that's certainly interesting. I really think it deserves like, commendation that this conversation took place on this television show and was so like 
cool about it. Like I, I was, I was delighted by that. So unfortunately we have to move on from that date. Well, they also go outside and there's fireworks. Yeah. And they kiss. Uh, and they're going to get married and it's going to be And great. they're going to get married and they're in love. Um, I wrote a note because you said you wanted to talk about it. We saw a commercial. Okay. For the gong show. All right, folks. They're doing a gong show. I have nothing to say about this. This is all Justin, on you. Justin, Justin um, clued me into this. Minsker clued me into this. He said, that's Mike Myers in makeup. And I said, rewind the, rewind the fucking tapes and show me that gong show commercial. But they're doing a gong show remake. And Mike Myers is the host, but they're playing it up like he's some classic TV show, game show host from like the 70s. Yeah, he's they've back given him like a fake Out of name. retirement. He's like Skip do rightly or whatever the fuck but it's mike myers no no see i thought you were no. excited about it you seemed like no jazzed no ap4 man get where's ap4 where's ap4 <laughs> mike you don't need to be doing this where's ap4 dude bud you can't pretend to be an old game show host and put on makeup a, f- a bunch. You're gonna have to put on that makeup every every night that the show's on and do it and be this other person on TV. Is this yeah, going on the? We all I'm- know that Mike Myers hates wearing makeup. Is, no, that's not it. It's just is this one going on the IMDb page or not? And where's sure. AP Four is the other one? I'm guessing. I'm guessing his agent was like, "Hey, if we're gonna do AP Four, we need to get you out there. We need to remind the public who you are. We need to get you out there by putting you on a game show where you're gonna pretend to be somebody else, and we won't call you by your real name. <laughs> and we're gonna make you look like the Six Flags guy. Is that cool? <laughs> he or? doesn't look like the Six Flags guy. I don't know anything about the show. We watched literally the last eight seconds of the commercial, and I saw Mike Myers like, "Hey, baby, we're in for a real cool time. Where's AP Four? I don't want to put you in a box, Mike. Where's AP4, though, is just all I want to know. Group date? (laughs) I'm sorry. I told you I have nothing to contribute on this. It's all right. It's just... (laughs) Guess you got to do what you got to do. Unless you want to start a podcast about the gong show. I'll do it. Let's do a gong show podcast. It'll be called The Wrong Show. It'll be like the whole time will just be us pitching AP4. (laughs) So in this one, I think we actually did an AP4 pitch on oh, Mabimba yeah, and it was right. like the best all time shit. So there'd be a, I was going to say on this one, mm. Austin Powers is like a, is like a, um, a professor X kind of figure. Oh, and he brings together other sexy other agents. Spies, oh yeah. Other spies That's that, good shit, man. That uh, all are from an old time period. And they're trying to navigate the modern world. Oh, that's good, man. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Get at but, us. But I guess your other one was the best of all times. So. No, that one's good too. <laughs> Shit. And um, our friend, uh, Seth Green. Oh, Green, our our close friend. Mm-hmm. He um, was in his wedding. He, <laughs> he has a kid. Okay. Uh, and the kid is the villain. We are actually getting into the pitch that we made on my bim bam at this oh, point. So we? I do have to sue you for everything <laughs> that you're worth. Nice try. Okay. Well, try to incept me. Fair use. So it was not fair use. I'm the property <laughs> owner here. I'm not Mike is, but whatever. Group date. 
group date Will, Jamie, Diggy, Alex, Adam, Lee, Matt, Eric, Josiah, and Demario. The date card says swish. I wonder what they're going to do. Uh, they all immediately know it's basketball. Yeah. What else do you say swish about? Um, it's like the sound you make when you like get a really good fly fishing cast going. <laughs> but no, it's basketball. It's bad. They're going to play. They're gonna, all going to go together to a gymnasium and play basketball with hoops and everything. Uh, so they get to the what appears to be like a high school and a special guest comes out. And Chris Harrison is there introducing the special guest, who is none other than Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So should I should I read this stuff now, or should I talk about it after his sort of appearance? Go ahead and read appearance? it now. Okay, so Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, we were surprised when Kareem Abdul-Jabbar came on the show. First of all, because like kind of a kind of a strange combo was not expecting that but also because a few months ago during next season uh kareem abdul jabbar who uh, i did not know was uh also a media critic uh these days wrote a pretty scathing burn and salt the earth uh article about the bachelor the headline of which was literally the bachelor is killing romance in america uh, i think this was on the hollywood reporter uh here's an excerpt the real crime is the lack of intellectual and appearance diversity, which leaves the contestants as interchangeable as the Mr. Potato Head parts. The lack of racial diversity has been uh, already been commented on. If you're black on The Bachelor or Bachelorette, you're usually kept around as a courtesy for a few weeks before being ejected. Those outside the ideal body fat percentage index need not apply. Uh, with all eyes firmly fixed on firm buttocks, the criteria for finding love becomes how high a quarter will bounce off rock-hard abs. Will we ever witness a conversation that isn't so bland and vacuous that words seem to evaporate as soon as they are spoken? A little mean, uh, but equally harmful as the cartoonish physical and mental restriction had, uh, restrictions has been the romancing of romanticizing of love as a mystical process that creates unrealistic expectations. Worse, they encourage an urgency uh, to fall in love or else be kicked off the show and labeled a loser in society, unworthy of love. This can send a message that those not in a relationship need to hurry up and find someone, anyone, or else face an unforgiving expiration date of love worthiness. The fact that most of these relationships eventually wither when not nourished by the lights and cameras reveals how much of a fantasy it all is. The real danger is when we try to apply that fantasy thinking to our own lives, and when we think about where our children learn about the realities of romance, it becomes even more important to question what may influence their behavior in choosing a partner. Those are like, it was a pretty long article, and that was just a few sort of selections from it, but like, yeah, solid points. Solid points. Like, yeah, if you are the type of person that like, bases your expectations on what romance is, like, fuck, all kids do that watching all of the movies that come out. Like, yeah, I just, like, that article felt like, yeah, no, that's true. That's all true. Uh, but the show doesn't, I feel like the show doesn't deny, like, that's the conceit of the show. It's not like the show is really trying to be anything else. True, but it is the most popular show on television, and people are really impressionable about, like, what, how they how they build up their relationship ex- expectations. I don't, I don't doubt that. However, here's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on the, on the television show about to run these dudes through some basketball trails, leading us to a follow-up uh, article also on The Hollywood Reporter, uh, My Journey from Bachelorette Critic to Guest Star. Uh, and he basically said kind of, I mean, it's a, a, again, I don't want to oversimplify. Uh, he said a lot of the same stuff that Ashton Amila said, which was basically like, 
I like Rachel a lot, and I just wanted to be on the show to support her. Uh, one quick excerpt. After my article appeared, and while Vial's season, uh, Bachelor season was being broadcast with Rachel still in the mix, the producers of the Bachelor Bachelorette franchise called me up to tell me that the upcoming Bachelorette would feature a black woman. Um, which is also interesting because it gives her, it gives us like sort of a better idea of like what the timeline was on this decision. Um, there were three black women among the remaining contestants, and though the producers wouldn't reveal whom it would be, clearly Rachel had been a standout. Then they asked me if I would like to come on the show and run them in through some basketball drills that would reveal some of their character traits to Rachel. As a fan of the shows, I naturally agreed. After the game, I posed for photos with the guys and chatted with them for a while. Most seemed very humble and sincere in their romantic intentions during Rachel, but for those who weren't, I felt fully confident that Rachel would quickly see through them and send them to the locker room of love. So basically he's saying, hey, remember all that stuff I said about this show and how it was bad? Uh, I get it now because I like Rachel. Yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's definitely, yeah. But at the same time, like, Rachel's great. And I would come on this show. I've been, I think, vociferous in my, uh, some of my hatred of uh, a few different elements of the show. I would go on it in a fucking heartbeat. I think is a show that is actively bad for the people who watch it a lot of the time. I'd go on a fucking heartbeat for Rachel. Sure. Maybe not for some folks. If fucking Kaboom is the, the batch, God forbid, I wouldn't do it for him, but, uh, so the drills, it's drill time. Um, you know, there's dribbling and shooting, uh, -huh. uh, passing. There is a lot of sort of in line with like how he justified it in that article about what was the quote, uh, running them in through some basketball drills that would reveal some of their character traits to Rachel. There was a lot of that. Like, you know, basketball is all about teamwork and you can really tell like who's just in it for themselves and who's going to be a good partner based on how they handle the ball and pass it to their teammates. Okay. Uh, some, some standouts here. Uh, Lee is terrible. Yes. Just terrible at basketball. Demario is very good. Lee's terrible in basketball in a way that's like really annoying and happens not with just basketball activities on this show, but like a lot of activities where it's like, huh, I'm just going to be so bad at this. It's going to be like a big fat joke. It's like, all right, you ready to laugh? Watch me try to do this activity. Okay, well, try, <laughs> try to try it a little bit. Oh, I mean, I think he was trying. Oh, no. I think he was just very bad. Oh, shoot. I mean, I am very bad at basketball. You don't know that. When was the last time you played? Uh, I was approximately 13 years old. You'd be, I, I played the other weekend. I was good as fuck. I don't know how it happened. I don't know what muscles I Wait, stretched. when did doing, you play? <laughs> yeah. I don't know what muscles <laughs> I stretch in my day to day that like made me really good at it, but whatever. Is it those new shoes you got? It's my new shoes. Yeah. They're PK flyers. Is that right? <laughs> I always quote that from fucking Sandlot and I've never like put in the work to learn what the acronym is. Well, but that was for baseball. You know what? I keep saying PK Flyers, and it's because I'm thinking of Ness's special move in Super Smash Brothers, which is PK Fire. It's PF Flyers. Okay. So after the guys do their drills, they find out that they are going to play an actual game in front of a packed crowd of people. This would be bad. And they walk into the locker room, and they have jerseys ready. Everybody gets so excited at these jerseys. And they just, they're just They're just numbers. jerseys with numbers it's on them. It's not like their names are on them. No. Um, we also get a shot to the crowd once they arrive. Uh, AJ is at the game. <laughs> His face is very wet. From the His pool. face did look stained with water. Um, <laughs> which makes me wonder how he's going to look by the end of his use. I know we talked about how, um, bad that one dude was at basketball, but there were a couple of dudes who were like actually genuinely really, really good while they were running drills. Um, but during the actual game, like 
Or maybe they just edit it to look like this, but holy shit, did these guys fall apart. Yeah, Rachel, who is actually pretty good at basketball, who used to play basketball. Yeah, I didn't. she said she used to play... I don't know if she said... She didn't say I'm professionally. in like, high school. Maybe call... I don't know. I don't know. Um, but she comments that there are more air balls than actual shots. Uh, we also get some looks at the at the band and the cheerleaders, and Rachel is usually hanging out with the band or the cheerleaders during these shots. She just seems real likable. She's dancing with the band. It's so fun. We did have some people in the Rose Buddies group. I don't know if you noticed this. Uh, we had a Rose Buddies fan who got to be in the crowd oh, shot. Oh, shit. That's right. And we had a Rose Buddies fan that was actually in the pep band that was playing. Whoa. Uh, both said that uh, Rachel was great and that it was a fun day. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so it, and I, I wanted to be able to recount this game as an actual announcer, like shot for shot. Uh, I think they may have been playing like short quarters. Uh, Otherwise, this is the most low scoring game of regulation basketball. I think they were just that bad. Okay. It was Um, like, what was the score at the half? It was 17 14 at the half. Not, not awesome. Uh, Demario is very confident. Demario is, he is crushing it. He, he says, is doing very he well. says D is for Demario, defense and dunking. And he does all, he does all of those extremely well. Uh, the, the end, the final score is 30 to 26. Demario is unfortunately on the losing team. I, which is, un, is unbelievable because I think we single handedly watched him score like 20 points. So. He had a lot of dead weight on that team. There is a very good shot of him just completely stuffing one of the players on the other team, which is like, I don't really watch basketball, but I'll watch people trying to succeed at basketball and being rejected in the most brutal way imaginable. Um, I love that. I, lo- I love that. <laughs> I think I'd really enjoy like getting deep into basketball because I just really like watching people get excited because they think they're about to get some points. And then a person comes by and says... No, you're not going to do that. We should look at some some YouTube bloopers. Just it's not a blooper. It's a blooper for the person trying to achieve the points. For the person who denies the points, it is a. It's not a blooper. That's true. It's a. It's an. It's a, a great accomplishment. Uh so Demario's on this high from the game because uh, he's done really well. Rachel has really appreciated how well he's done. Um, and Rachel is out on the court. The guys are back in the locker room. The game is over. And, um, a woman approaches Rachel and says, Hey, you know, I watched your, your first preview on the after the final rose where you got to meet four of the men. I want you to know that Demario was my boyfriend of seven months. Uh, and we were together up until three days before after the final rose when he disappeared. Yeah, she basically said, like, I stopped hearing from the dude, and then he was on television, like, giving you tickets to elope with you. Like, that was the timeline for me. What was the woman's name? Did we get it? I actually didn't write it down. Oh, no. Uh, Yeah, she says that he still has keys to my place. Um, I, I can, you know, show you text messages between the two of us. And she's like, well, let's let's bring him out here and talk to him. I want to see what he has to say. This is Rachel. Like, Rachel is like, let's get the fucking facts straight. Um, getting getting very, like, litigious about it. Like, let's get him out here and let's all have a conversation about this so I can figure out what's going on. Yeah. And so she pulls him out of the locker room. None of the other guys know what's going on. She doesn't. They think, they think like, oh, he's, he's getting, getting a rose yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, pulls, pulls him out of the locker room. 
and doesn't reveal why she's pulled him out. So he's kind of talking about the game and how great it was. And they walk out. He sees the woman and has this reaction like, okay. oh, oh, hey, who are you? It's it's split. Set. It is. It is. <laughs> so this was this was a huge setup by The Bachelorette. Right. Like the, this was the producers, uh, the producers. Yeah. Like this was obviously like, this is Chris Harrison's whole thing. Why would this woman know where they were shooting and be miked? And like all of this stuff is like, okay, so this was, this was a setup, which is not to say like DeMario didn't do it or whatever. Um, the reason why I don't think that DeMario was necessarily in on the setup was sort of his shifting, behavior during during this confrontation because the, uh, seriously this like turning the corner talking to rachel like i felt really good about the game and being back in the uh, oh hey who's this like it literally changes that quickly like th- a moment of recognition to like uh-oh how am i gonna play this i have 10 nanoseconds to figure what if i pretend i don't know her who's yeah. this and then immediately pivots like okay so i did yeah. uh, date her for a while yeah um, you can't do that. You can't go, who's this? To I know. Oh, so we did date and... Anybody that's ever been in a relationship with somebody that's lied to them before, uh, you can recognize this moment where he's trying to figure out what he can still get away with. Like right. how much Rachel knows and how much he has to reveal at this point. Uh, so the woman says, um, karma's a bitch. Uh, Almost and- like... <laughs> gleefully as as yeah. he it, this this whole thing is really uncomfortable by the way because this 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 woman who gosh i wish we had got her name uh, she was going so hard like she she was going very 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 hard yeah she was clearly very angry felt Liter- very betrayed literally going very hard in the paint because they were still standing in the basketball court <laughs> uh just like busting out these like um these these taglines like karma's a bitch like as soon as he walks out the out of the door uh and saying like I, I've got the text. I can prove it. You were in my bed when I saw you on TV. Like, all of this stuff. Uh, like, kind of, Rachel and Demario would be, like, having a conversation, and she would, like, just start, like, shouting stuff. I swear on my, I swear on my dad's grave. What does she say? I swear on my, like, oh, I swear yeah. on my two kittens at home. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, and I, so there's an instinct when you see something like this, and I had it too, of like, whose side am I on? You know, and, 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 you know, are we on Demario's side? Are we on the woman's side? I don't think this is that kind of confrontation. No. Um, Bas- what- basically, what is being said is that Demario was in a relationship with this woman for some period of time. She said seven months long. Yeah. Uh, and then kind of ghosted her. So that he could do this show without telling her face to face what was up. Um, the timeline being as such that they were like together and then he disappeared and then was on this television show. And then I guess like they, he, he broke up with her in like texts or something. Yeah. It's never really made explicit. She kind of airs out a lot of things that aren't exactly related. She talks about how she never got to meet his friends or family. Um, and then Demario said, t- tries to tell Rachel that he cut it off face to face. Uh, but the woman says that, that this that, is where she says, I swear on my father's grave yeah. that this didn't happen. I swear on my two kittens. And she says, you still have my keys. And he says, what are you talking about? I mailed those keys. He says, I don't have those keys. And then he says, 
oh wait a minute okay so i did i did have them but i mailed them to you (laughs) she says i check my mailbox every day and i didn't see that like like this confrontation was like it was really uncomfortable and it was like um it reminded me of like when they do acting challenges on uh like america's next top model or something like that or it's like you have one minute to read this script and then try to like have this uh this fight from a tennessee williams play uh, it was just, and this oh, is this is you not know what it reminded me of yeah. is when on uh, that challenge at the, like the breakup museum. Yes, okay, where the women had to make up scenarios where they would break up with Nick. All of this is not to delegitimize like what this woman was saying uh, uh, about what Demario did, except it. What I, what I am saying is that like this was let's let's goose this thing let's goose this drama for as much as we can when all of the people were like we get one take at this because we can't surprise Demario again. And then let's just edit it together into something salvageable. So if we talk, if we, if we're talking about this and it sounds like we are not remembering the facts because we weren't taking this woman's claim seriously, it was just, no, this was just kind of how it was edited because it was pretty clumsy, I, I, I think. What ends up happening? The woman says, I can show you my phone. Uh, and before Rachel takes the phone, she turns to DeMario and says, now, are these texts going to coincide with your story, Demario, or her story? Um, did you have something more than friendship? At which point, Demario says, "Well, we did have sexual intercourse." And Rachel was like, "No, it's <laughs> not what I'm asking." So the texts seem very suspicious because the content that's coming from Demario doesn't really ever break it off uh, the way that he suggests that he did. Uh, and I guess the dates on the text line up. As such that they corroborate her story that he just kind of ghosted her and then was on after the final rose, like saying, let's elope, Rachel. And at this point, she's like, "Um, that's, you know, I don't want to deal with this. I'm going to need you to get the fuck out. Actual, Uh, actual quote. Very good. Actual quote. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to look at you. I'm embarrassed. Get out. Um and that's that's it. Like they kind of she she walks one way and Demario walks back to the locker room and shouts like, sorry, Rachel. And goes and immediately goes and gets in a limo and drives off. And what he keeps saying is like, he keeps saying, this is crazy. This is crazy. This is crazy. This this woman is like, I didn't go on the show to have my character assassinated. He keeps talking about the character assassination as if that is like the bigger thing for him, which is like, that's probably when something happens like that on a show like this that you're a member of, that's probably immediately where you go. Like, I'm never going to be able to live this down. Like, this is who I, this is who I am now is this is this person who got caught cheating because people fucking people love that shit on these shows like people love just in the rated r reality star walking through the bushes wearing a boot on his yeah. uh, injured leg because he got caught cheating as he walks through like a big big bush and climbs through a fountain like that's my all-time favorite shit <laughs> yeah. like that's the thing that people remember about this show and if you were on bachelor in paradise demario this is the clip they're gonna show for you so like yeah yeah, your character was assassinated which is not to say like it it these things didn't happen like they sounds like they did happen and if rachel looked at the text and said get out of here like sounds like the story didn't line up and rachel to be fair it's early enough in the season rachel has no attachment to demario at this point uh i think she even says like i don't i don't know i don't know you yeah 
Like, I, I, I don't know whether to trust the things seems, you're saying. She just seems angry, yeah. ultimately. Like, a little hurt because, you know, obviously it's a betrayal of why she's on this show, but more angry than anything. And she's kind of doing laps around the gym, kind of calming herself down. Chris Chris Harrison, like, stands Chris. up to, like, go and talk to her, and she just, like, turns and walks away from him. Like, nope. I, I loved that moment because Chris Harrison kind of appears from the side of the camera and kind of starts walking towards her and she's like nope don't even want to talk about it and then chris harrison kind of recedes <laughs> it's just like hey we're not doing the show right now i need a minute yeah it's like this happens a lot this happens pretty much every season of like what am i even doing here is any of this for real like people like the star loses their faith in the franchise it has never happened in episode two i don't think yeah they brought this out early they brought this out pretty fucking early I wonder why i mean not that's not to say that it's not going to happen again it's just like um, I think that there, I, I genuinely think that Rachel had, had this feeling of like, I don't want to be made a fucking joke. I, I think it's a delicate thing when you are the star of this franchise because you don't, um, you don't want to look bad. Yeah, I don't well, think. Well, you're taking such a huge risk. Yeah. You don't want to be taken advantage of by this show. And I could see Rachel like definitely being cautious about that, being the first black lead of, of this show. Yeah. Um, and so to have this like fucking, kind of ludicrous and also um stereotypical for this show curveball of like uh oh yeah. he had a boy can you believe i would be annoyed as fuck at that yeah like here i am and they're doing this to me and i'm just like every other yeah. person yeah uh so she goes into the locker room to explain to the guys what happened uh and she gets a little emotional and just says hey like anybody else here if you're hiding anything from me, like, please, please just share it with me now. Uh, I don't want to go through this. Uh, and then they get to the night portion of uh, the date where they go to uh, another kind of bar lobby area that our friends joked seemed like a rainforest cafe. <laughs> There's like a big tree in the middle of it. The um, date really turned around here, though. Yeah. So this this has happened before on episodes particularly of The Bachelorette, where something happens that upsets The Bachelorette, and all the men recognize this is an opportunity for me to distinguish myself as somebody who's serious about her and cares about her and, you know, isn't going to hurt her like she was just hurt, which is good. Uh, it's hard not to also be cynical about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, every everybody... Because it feels like pouncing. Everybody, I think this also happens on The Bachelor too. Like everybody's looking for that character foothold. Because again, it's still episode two. It's like, remember who I am. Yeah. And so all of them are like, I know who I can be. Yeah. So Josiah, who was actually really close with Demario earlier in well, the they episodes. Well, they, they had a lot of conversation. Like they were the ones sort of leading this like, she's my wife. I don't know what yeah. you're doing here. Uh, comes out and, and says that he feels very protective of Rachel and feels really bad that this has happened to her and wants her to know that he is he's looking out for her. Uh, and then they do some kissing. Uh, Diggy says that he really appreciates that she's somebody who knows what she wants uh, and that all the men, it, from his perspective, are appreciative of that. Um, and then the other guys kind of continue to praise her for her decision and her strength. Uh, Alex sings a song in Russian. Uh, at which point she laughs very loudly and all the dudes hear it and say, how'd they get her to laugh? Alex got a laugh. Damn it. <laughs> um, Eric 
also has a good moment with her. Talks about how he's not trying to force things and he just wants things to happen over time and he wants more time with her. Uh, they also kiss. Uh, but at the end of the date, Josiah is the one that gets the rose uh, for for his protective speech. Sure. Uh, and Rachel tells us that she is grateful for the remaining guys. And it's yeah, kind she, of turned the day around. She for said, her. I, th- I think there were eight dudes. She said like, or maybe seven. She says, if I had seven roses, I would hand out seven roses to yeah. all of you. Like, like they this, all really stepped great. up. Yeah. Which compared to her first date where she's like, nothing's really happened with anybody here. Yeah. It's like, okay. Uh, so they get back to the house uh, and news of DeMario's exit spreads to everybody. Um, and the guys are getting ready for the rose ceremony. And, when it comes to for the cocktail party, Rachel comes out in the most beautiful dress I've ever seen in my life. It's incredible. It's wonderful. It's like black and gold and elegant. It looks like a dress somebody would wear to the Academy Awards. It was beautiful. some Met Gala shit. My mind exploded. Uh, she's She kind of tells the guys what happened with Demario. Uh, and then they, they toast to the evening. Um then she goes off with Brian. Brian is the one that she smooched super hard, episode one. <laughs> and he was like, I haven't seen you this week, but... uh, <laughs> and, yeah. and then he says, oh, you know, I understand that you've had a stressful time. I want to do something for you. And then he takes her to the massage table that they keep on a retainer. <laughs> Every season they bring this massage table out because somebody has to give a massage. And she was like, yeah, this massage table, somebody's looking for trouble. And he was like, when there's <laughs> trouble, you call DW. <laughs> <laughs> give you one of my trouble rubs. <laughs> trouble rubble. <laughs> um. Yeah, and then I think I I can't remember. Um, I think Fred is like has some time with her that gets interrupted, and everybody's like, "No, they're interrupting Fred." No. Yeah, Fred is with her, and while he is with her. Uh, somebody shows up at the gate, wants to get on set, is talking to the guard. We find out it is, of course, DeMario. The guard says, I'll go talk to Mr. Harrison. Uh, and like holds him at the gate. Yeah. Um, and so meanwhile, it's actually, Fred is not having the one-on-one time. A lot of dudes, we see a lot of dudes go through and have the one-on-one time, but when it lands on Fred, that's when Chris interrupts and says, um, just talk to DeMario. He's here. She says, like, shut up, like, yeah. in disbelief. And then she has the reaction that I think is fair. I mean, obviously, she could have been like, DeMario's here. Fuck him. I don't want to see him. But she's like, I'm actually really curious about what he's going to try and say to convince me otherwise. And how much of it is, like, him actually wanting to be back on the show so he can continue to pursue his relationship oh, yeah. with Rachel? And how much was it? Because, like, he even talks about, like, during they, – they're, like, filming him as he's waiting at the gate. And he's mm-hmm. like, you know, I just feel like my character was assassinated and I want a chance to explain myself, which is like, okay. Yeah, so she says her curiosity is at an all-time high. Uh, meanwhile, all the guys find out that DeMario is there and they all kind of start to rally into, like, a pack – uh, and it's not clear if they're going to, like, go out and watch. Based on the preview that we see for next week's episode, it seems like there's some sort of confrontation. But we'll have to wait till then because it's yeah. a non-rose ceremony ending to, to be continued. be continued. 
let's wrap up because that was a very, that was a lot of talk. That was almost as long as the episode itself. It's just we got so excited about copper there in the middle. <laughs> um, thank you for listening. This I enjoyed this episode. This was a this was a real this was a real yeah. It was a fun one. Rager, yeah. It and I, I don't I don't know if it was uh, like a really fun episode or if it was just fun to watch it with our buddies and like have some drinks and hang out again. Yeah, and I don't. Again, I, I feel like. Maybe it seems like we're discounting uh, this poor woman that Demario has clearly betrayed. I'm sorry we didn't get her name. It, it, yeah, yeah. I I I, w- I want to say like I, my sympathies go to her to go on a show and and confront somebody that has hurt you is not an easy thing. Uh, so I just want to make clear, while it makes good television and a good episode of The Bachelorette, we we are not excusing his behavior. No, God, no. <laughs> Um, anyway, that was this episode. We'll talk to you next week when we wrap up the next one. Uh, thank you for sticking with us as we sort of did a schedule change and pushed back a day, but I've really enjoyed having a day to sort of digest a little bit. Um, if you could, I guess, review and rate us on iTunes, that's still a cool thing. Please, please do. Uh, join the Facebook group. It's a very active, very cool community. I love getting in there during the episodes and like reading people's live comments. If you're, uh, if you're at the water cooler at work. And some folks are like, hey, I love The Bachelorette. You say, I got a podcast for you. Feel free to recommend us. Um, you can go to MaximumFun.org. Thanks to MaxFun for having us. And, and go to MaxFun.org. Well, it's MaximumFun.org. And check out all the great shows there. Shows like Judge John Hodgman. Jordan Jesse Go. Lady to Lady. Pop Rocket. Stop Podcasting Yourself. Beef and Dairy Network. Tights and Fights. And so many more. All on MaximumFun.org. You can go to McElroyShows.com and check out all the shows and videos and shit we do. Is that it? That's it. Thanks, guys. Thanks for watching. Uh, Until next time. I'm Rachel McElroy. I'm Griffin McElroy. When you're ready. Final rose. Stay with us on this journey of joy. Spoiler alert. She ends up with Soldier Boy. Mugs, shirts, stickers, patches, tanks, and more are yours for the purchasing at MaxFunStore.com. Hey, you already love the podcasts, so why not take this to the next level and outfit your home and bod with our merch? MaxFunStore.com. Because if you have to wear a shirt, it should be one of ours. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.